So we want to say all praises be to the Most High, Ahaya, that we made it here on another Sabbath again for, you know, just some history that we're going to go in today. Uh, today we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. And the reason we're going to go into Thanksgiving is because the natives have really been on my mind a lot lately since they had a Col- Christopher Columbus Day. And it just uh, really hurt me to my heart that, you know, we're commemorating, you know, slaughter and thievery of these people. And these are our people. And um, I want to just go into it today. Um, prior to, I know it's not the month of, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I think if we go into it a little ahead of time, we'll be prepared for what's getting ready to come as far as family and friends, even jobs trying to invite you to certain shindigs. You know, we want to just go into it so you can have you can make an educated decision about, you know, what's going to transpire on that day. Even if you decide to partake, that's fine, too. But I think we all deserve to have a clear understanding um, of how the Bible feels about it. So um, today we're going to go into um the Thanksgiving deception. We're going to start in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. And before we start, I want to say, you know, today is really, we're going to, we're going to highlight some of the histrionics behind this day. Um, you know, a lot of people very shortly will be transfixed on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, you get into that spirit. That's really one of those family days. I know that was a big day for my family. You know, we all came together. You see your cousins you never saw, right? The pie and, you know, I understand that, you know. Um, but that day commemorates the slaughter of a people. Um, come to find out our people, God's people. And we're going to go into it today. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. <clears throat> Colossians 2 and 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world... And not after Christ. All right. So we're going to see, you know, what does Thanksgiving symbolize? What do it symbolize to the people who landed this? We're going to go into it. Read that scripture again, brother. Colossians 2 and 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Right. So a man will philosophize why we're celebrating these particular Hala or holy days because I and Y are synonymous. So, you know, there's worship that come with these holidays, though. And we're going to go into it. There's gods that's being worshipped behind these holidays. You know, a lot of us are just ignorant to the fact that we think, you know, it's just a good time. But what was the origin? Where did it start? Where did it come from? Because you can't change the origin. You can't say that something was pagan, you know, a time before and now that, you know, I just changed it for Christ. So, you know. We just do Halloween for Christ now. Nah, you can't do that. The Most High can't be involved in a lie. And that will be a lie. So we're going to go into the history to see. Uh, Read that scripture again, brother. Colossians 2 and 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men. After the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Right, vain deceit. Because a lot of these, most of these days are a lie. They told us this was the day that. The Indians put down their arms, you know, and had a feast, you know, which part of that did happen. But they didn't tell you right after the feast, they slaughtered them because they put their arms down. You know, they leave that part out. America sometimes, a lot of times, shy away from the parts of history that don't show us in the best light. And uh, we got the flashlight tonight. So, you know, I have friends that are native. We have some native people here. 
you know, and we want to just we want to do our due diligence not to um, trample upon, you know, any part of history. I, I would I would be beside myself. I would be livid if somebody celebrated our slavery. You know, what if they the Edomites had a national thank the slaves day? You know what? Thank God for those slaves day. What, how would you feel then? How would we feel? See? So, you know, I understand that a lot of times when the plight is outside of your own race, it's hard for you to uh, have compassion um, for them. But, you know, coming in the truth have really changed me personally um, on how I care about people, what I care about, you know, offending people. And it's not just about what offends me. You know, if it offends somebody else, then, you know, it's a problem for me. So, you know, that's the way that we have to look at things um, because we want people to listen to our cry when when we're crying. Um, read that scripture one more time before we move on, brother. Colossians 2 and 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. So there's going to be a judgment based on these worships because that's exactly what it is. And we're going to prove it today. We're going to go to First Thessalonians because we want to see what the Most High feels about this particular day. We're going to go to First Thessalonians chapter 5 and 21. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Read that one more time. Verse 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. So you must prove all things. That's what we need. We, you know, we've been following a lot of things, not just holidays, but a lot of things. Um, minorities are just naivete. You know, we just believe it because somebody, especially if an Edomite tells us, we take that like that's gold. <laughs> we won't even listen to our own people. But if an Edomite tell you, you take it like it's gold. Now, you know, we need to prove all things when you're in these churches, because most of these holidays, including this one, the churches are celebrating. They're passing out food on Thanksgiving, which is odd to me. You know, how are you celebrating Christmas in the church? See, and that's what made us feel like it was okay because our church was doing it. So, you know, they hooked it to Christianity somehow. Therefore, they know slaves, you know, Israelites will gravitate towards it. See, so we're going to go into it, though. How did they trick us? When did they trick us? Why did they trick us? We're going to go read that again. First Thessalonians 5 and 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. So we're going to hold on to the things that are good. We're going to let go of the things that aren't of the most high. No matter how, you know, comfortable or um, fun they may be. You know, wrong is wrong. And, you know, majority of us here, all of us here are trying to do the right thing. We, we want change in our life. And we have to change something in order to get the change. So we're going to go to John 8 and 32 to tell you, you know, for those who who say, you know, um, I understand, you know, about, you know, the history behind behind the particular day. But I just want to have fun with my friends. And, you know, it's, for me, it's about family time and, and eating. You know, I've heard that before. You know, I, I'm not really into, you know, what the history is behind it. I, you know, I just know it's family time. That's why I do it. Right. No, we've all heard that. You're probably going to hear that shortly. A few weeks. Go ahead, brother. John 8 and 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Read that again, brother. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make us free, free from being a slave to these holidays. Because guess what? 
the rich people are not celebrating these holidays. They own the store, though, that sell you the turkey. So they're just making the money off you. They're not even celebrating these days, a lot of them. See? Read that again, brother. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. When I was a person in this world following all of these holidays, I felt like I wasn't good enough if I didn't have what they portrayed on the TV. If I couldn't afford to have the $60 turkey, you know, with all my family at my house and I have a nice entertainment system, right, with the cranberry sauce, right? And if I missed that, right, I felt like it was, I might want to kill myself. There's some people that want to kill themselves around that time, you know? So the truth shall set us free. Once we know the truth, then we actually have an excuse not to do it. See, the most high, he's helping us because a lot of us are being peer pressured into following these days. So he want to give you an excuse not to do it, right? Because he told us not to. The truth shall set you free. Read that again, brother. John 8 and 32. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Right. So you don't have to spend Two, three hundred dollars. Sisters, no. You know, even if you wasn't doing it, your family was spending hundreds of dollars on these days. Hundreds of dollars on alcohol, liquor, turkey, food, stuffing, right? The football game, right? If you want to celebrate a holiday and it's about food, we just had five feasts in one month. So it, it can't be about food, right? Because I'm trying, I'm on a fast now. Like, I'm, I got to go on a three month fast because. All that food that we ate, you know, and that was around the same time. That was harvest time also. So, you know, we can't use that excuse to say, you know, oh, well, it's just about the food and the family time. You had five family days <laughs> just in this past month, you know, and one of them was a week-long feast. So we can't use that. Those of us who want to follow the Bible are people who, and when I say our people, I don't mean just Israelites. I mean people who are trying to do what the Bible says. That's our people. We're going to we're going to give you the we're going to give you the tools to back down this deception and defend yourself when this onslaught comes. We're going to go to Genesis 49 to prove to you that those people that this land was taken from was the most high's people. Because I don't think a lot of people know that. Uh, We're going to read verse uh, Genesis 49 and 19. Actually, we're going to start at 18. Genesis 49 verse 18 I have waited for thy salvation O Lord Gad a troop shall overcome him but he shall overcome at the last read that again Gad a troop shall overcome him but he shall overcome at the last right a troop also known as a colonial militia their name was the US Calvary that's the troop that overcame Gad that's you can look that up in history this actually happened this was in 1620 to 1621. Over 300 peace treaties were broken. 300. See? So what they did was they studied our people and understood that we were loving people. We were socialites. Uh, you know, we were nonviolent. And they used all these things against us after they studied us. How do you, you know, they're studying us now, still to this day. They're studying us. That's how they know, you know, what kind of music we like and... You know, what type of women or what type of shoes or what kind of guys. They know. They've been studying us the whole time. They've studied us to turn us into consumers. They have studied how to sell to us. Read that again, brother. Genesis 49 and 18. I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. Gad, a troop shall overcome him, 
but he shall overcome at the last. That was in around 1620, 1621. They claim Plymouth, right? They they landed in Plymouth, right? And totally, utterly destroyed these people. And, you know, it may seem like a long time ago to you, but ask their, you know, those people's kids, their, their, their grandkids that don't have the land to hunt on, right? Because they still feel like it's, it's, it's going on now. Especially when you're celebrating the day. <laughs> That's the thing. Especially for people of color. How can we celebrate our own brother's destruction? <laughs> That's because they know all we want to do is party. Negroes, the Jews, they know if you say it's a party, we come running. <laughs> is this club music there? Barbecue? I'm there. We always come running for that. They know that. See? If I said, you know, who wanted to go to the club tonight, this whole room would be filled. <laughs> because that's they know that about our people. That's why when you look at the music, the videos, the videos don't even have stories to them anymore. Every video is just like it's a party. There's no directing. There's, there's just girls dancing by the pool, right, with a guy in a blunt. There's no storyline because they know all we're into doing is partying. That's why the music is the way it is. See, they have cultivated us. But now during this awakening, we have gravitated to something that was worth more. And this is it. You know, now we've become more aware, self-aware. We've become compassionate and understanding um, for other people other than ourselves because that's how kings act. <laughs> and we are the kings. See? We are the princes of the earth. See? So we don't have to act angry. When, you know, when you don't think you're nothing, you don't know your history, you don't care about anybody else's history. But now that we know our history, I care about others' history also, like the Gadites. I care about their history. Same way I care about our history and anybody else's that's gone through a deluge. And it's, you know, we all should be like that because those are our brothers. Those are our little brothers. Judah is a big brother to the Gad. Those are our little brothers. And if the king don't step up and speak for him, who's going to speak? The Jews especially have to stand up and change this because if we stop it, then the other, the other 11 tribes will stop too. We got to start it though. We got to start the movement. <laughs> I know California, I read, um, they actually boycotted um, Columbus Day, I think. They made it Native Day, which I don't agree with either because you go again with the holiday thing. <laughs> we don't celebrate no holidays, no matter what it's for. But they understand that there's a wrong being done. The thing that struck me as odd, though, is I never caught on to it until this year because I haven't been celebrating holidays, but how close Columbus Day and Thanksgiving are. So it's pretty much, you know, almost two months that you're dedicating to some thieves and some robbers and some murderers. And that's not fair. That's not fair at all. We're going to go into it. Go to Genesis. Uh, no, let's go to Psalms 55. David, Psalms 55 and 20 and 21. Psalms 55 verse 20. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. Read that one more time. Verse 20. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. Now we all know what this was. When they say he put forth his hands against somebody who was at peace with him. The North American, the, the natives were peaceful people. They made treaties. And these people destroyed them and broke every, pe broke every treaty. So even though these people, you know, helped them survive the harsh time because it was around this time, it was harvest time, it was pretty cold out. 
They showed them how to eat, how to live, how to kill the buffalo, cultivate the things, right? Because they couldn't have done it without them. And I don't think that when they was writing these treaties that they knew 300 years later, we'd be celebrating the slaughter. I don't think they thought that was going to happen for their children. But that's what's going on now. That's what's going on now. Um, Read that again, brother. Psalms 55, verse 20. He had put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He had broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Now, we know who, who the psychologists are. They know how to talk to us. It's okay. Just calm down. It's all right. Whole time they they stomping your your son out or your daughter out while they're talking to you like you know calm down. They always look at you like you're the angry minority, <laughs> right? And even when you see them on TV, majority of the time the Edomite is in control. You never see them angry. You never see them angry. That's that's on purpose. When you see them on TV, they're always smooth and laughing because that's they're in control right now. So they don't ever show themselves angry. They always have us angry. Make us feel angry or, you know, the thug or the aggressive one. They never aggressive. They do that on purpose. When we know that the true aggressive stole all these lands, they're aggressive. See, read that again, brother. Psalms 55 verse 21. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil. Yet were they drawn swords. So they was learning from our people the whole time. And when they came here, they knew they was going to slaughter the people. Before they even came. That's why they came. But they couldn't. They needed to learn from them. Let's see how these people work. What laws are they following? How can I get to them, right? They studied these people. And then once they realized, hold on, it's it's no walls. This is what they looked at. They noticed that there was no walls, no fences around the cities. They were like, okay, so it's not protected. Look. It's for me then, I can move here now. This land is for you, this land is for me, right? This land is for you and I, right? <laughs> this is what they did. Wow. How would you feel if somebody came and knocked on your door, then knocked you upside your head, and then dragged you down in the cellar and made you stay there? Because that's what happened. You came to this land, you knocked outside the head, beat them, raped them, killed them, stole their land, and then made them live in a reservation, in a small spot. It's not fair. And this is not about the Edomites. This is about the Gadites. This have nothing. We're not talking about Edomites. Because we're going to go into some sources today outside of the Bible. And they're all written by Edomites. So we don't have a problem with Caucasian people. We just want to put that out. We're just going into history. That's all. So we're going to um, we're going to move forward now. We're going to go to uh, 2nd Edris 13 and 39. Um, yeah. Actually, before we move on, let's read 21 one more time. Psalms 55, verse 21. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. A lot of people don't even know this, but the, the, the natives gave their women to these, these um, soldiers to make uniforms for the revolution. See, So they even had their women working for them. <coughs> See, you know that had to be the Gadites because Judah would have never did that. <laughs> Judah would have never had his wife working on nothing for no one. 
<laughs> but seriously, the Gadites, they had their sisters, you know, actually making the uniforms for these to fight the Britain, the, you know, for fighting the revolution. And then they came right behind that <laughs> and took their land. And, you know, it's not necessarily, we're not going to blame the Edomites because we know that the Israelites, the Gadites, they actually had a lot to do with it. Because they were worshipping the great bear, the totem poles, the black wolf. See, so... <laughs> hmm? Yep, the eagle. Yeah. See, so they were... They had something to do with the fall. Because if they would have never worshipped those gods, they, nothing could have ever happened to them. But because the Most High always sent Edom to deal with us. Every time we start to go off, no matter what tribe it is, he sent Edom over there. Sent them over there to the Vietnamese. Sent them over there to the Philippines. Sent them over there to the Jews. He always sent Esau. Esau come running. You see him with the red and blue lights when they come. Every time we do something, they come. Right? He always send them. So, you know, I, 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 don't want them, I don't want him coming after me no more. You got it, Esau. I'm good. I'm good. Let's go to 2 Ezra 13 and 39 to show you how the Most High feels about this. 2 Ezra chapter 13 and 39. Second Ezra, 13 and 39. And whereas thou sawest that he gathereth another peaceable multitude unto him, those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land. In the time of Osea the king, whom Salamaneser the king of Assyria led away captive, and he carried them over the waters. And so came they into another land. So the ten tribes came over into into the Americas. You got the Blaikwa um, Tainos, who are the uh, modern day uh, Puerto Ricans. You got the Brazilians. You have the so-called Mexicans, who are Issacarites. You had the North American Indians, right? So all of these, you had the people from Cuba, right? That's Manasseh. So all of these people came over together. And it's odd to me that... A lot, even a lot of the Mexicans know that they're the same as the as the natives. They know that because I've heard of a woman tell me that. She said, well, you know, we're kind of the same. We're, you know, my lineage goes to native, even though I'm Hispanic, uh, a Mexican. And, you know, that's true. And I, I'm still trying to find out how they're going to build a wall to put out the people who land it is. Because the Mexicans... <laughs> <laughs> if, if they're and the Gadites are brothers, then they were here first. Now, how are you going to... How are the Aborigines now <laughs> being put out of their own land? I don't understand that. I truly don't understand that. How are you going to put these people out of their own land? It's a shame. It's something we can do to change it, though. It's something that we can do to change it. We're going to go into it today. Um, go ahead and read, brother. Read that scripture again, please. <clears throat> Second Ezra 13 and 39. And whereas thou sawest that he gathered another peaceable multitude unto him, those are the ten tribes which were carried away prisoners out of their own land. In the time of Osea the king, whom Salamaneser the king of Assyria led away captive, and he carried them over the waters, and so came they into another land. It proves to you that Negroes wasn't the only people that went into captivity. Those people went into captivity well before us. This was in the 720 BC, 721 to 723 BC that this happened. This was the natives. They were enslaved to the Assyrians. Uh, go ahead, brother. Verse 41. But they took this counsel against themselves 
that they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt. Read that again. But they took this counsel against themselves that they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt. That's to prove to you that this was the new world. And this is to prove to you that the people that came over here and that was here when Columbus was discovered by them, they're God's people because it's in the Bible. And that's let you know it's history because a lot of the natives don't even know how they got here. The Bible knows. This is a history book. And that's why we say it's not a religious book. It's a history book. Because when you when they tells you Osea the king, if you really wanted to find out, you could just go find out when Osea was the king. And then you would know when it happened. See? So this is the history that we got to give back to these people. And this is part of the reason why we shouldn't be celebrating this day. Even if I know natives that's actually celebrating it, then that lets you know they're completely lost. How are you going to celebrate the slaughter of your own people? You are completely lost. <laughs> right? It's just like when I see our people on July 4th right. letting off firecrackers with flag, sh- you know, flag shirt, bandana, pants. I'm like, bro, what is... Sh- you are definitely a comfortable slave. <laughs> You're comfortable, brother. You know? When I see that, because our people wasn't free on July 4th. Um, Not at all. You know, we was, we was picking peas and cotton. <laughs> we, wasn't, we wasn't free, but I see us out there doing that too, so. It just goes to show you that Israel is really lost and we need the understanding because if we, we're very smart people, but without understanding, we, you know, we're confused. We're looking to serve God, but we don't know how. So the first thing we got to give them back is their culture. Therefore, that would lead them back to the book. That would lead them back to the book. So we're going to um, we're going to continue. Verse 42, that they might there keep their statutes. Which they never kept in their own land. To prove to you that they wasn't even keeping the statues in their own land. But the Most High was going to allow them to go because they promised they would follow the law. Of course they didn't. Go ahead. 43. And they entered into Euphrates by the narrow passage of the river. For the Most High then showed signs for them and held still the flood till they were passed over. Right. So they came through the Euphrates to the Pacific. So And then he held the water still because you got to realize these weren't the big boats like you have now. He kept the water still for no storms for these people to cross over. That was the most high. In the same way he protected them and leaded them then, he's going to lead us up out of here. The same way. And he's going to calm everything that needed to be calm to protect us. Go ahead, brother. Verse 45. For through that, for through that country there was a great way to go, namely of a year and a half. And the same region is called... Arsaroth. Yeah, so that same region is called Azeroth, which means hidden land. See, so they knew there was already a name to these lands here. So when they try to tell you that they didn't know, they thought, you know, they didn't know why they were coming there. They knew exactly that there was another land there that was hidden. And that's how they got the funding to actually go find it. They went, they took this exactly right here to the queen and said there's another land out there and it's another people. We know those people that's on that land too because it said where no mankind dwelt. And they used that. They used that to find it. So, you know, for all the other reasons that they give it, you know, that's not why. They wasn't put out of another country. They wasn't trying to see, you know, the shape of the earth. They were just trying to go kill us. That's all they were trying to do. They knew who we were. They knew who we were. They knew. They use this. So why they're making you believe they don't believe in the Bible. They're using it for history. <laughs> See? Because that's how they trick you out the book. Make you believe it's not real, then I use it. 
So you, you don't believe the Bible. I steal your identity. I'm the Jews now. <laughs> See? So they're purposely trying to get us to not believe in the book. So then they can do what they need to do with it. Including, you know, hijack being the people. All right. We're going to go to uh, read that scripture one more time before we move on, bro. Second Ezra 13 and 45. For through that country, there was a great way to go, namely of a year and a half. And the same region is called Asherah. All right. So we just wanted to prove to you that those people that came over here, the 10 tribes, they are children of Israel. They are God's chosen people. They're part. They're 10 of the 12 tribes. And we want to emphasize that because a lot of times, even when you're dealing with the Jewish people, it's all about Jews. They don't tell you about none of the 11 other tribes. And that lets you know that they're not the people because they only know who they claim to be. We can tell you who each tribe is because we're the people. Go ask a Jewish person if you get a chance. Okay, well, you know, well, who is this tribe? Who's the tribe of uh, Ephraim? Who's the tribe of Gad? And they'll say, oh, we, we don't know those tribes. We just know that we're the Jews. <laughs> see? It's so fake. And if you ask them enough questions, you'll see the holes. See, we never asked them anything because we just figured they was the people. But they don't know. And see, they use that to not even study. If I stole somebody's identity, at least I would study so I could fully assume the identity. You know, they actually just took the identity and did no studying at all. So when you come up to them, you can catch them just like that. They don't know the Bible at all. They don't even read the Bible. They read the Talmud, which is a Babylonian sorcery book. Mm-hmm. So they don't even they don't even deal with the Torah or the Tanakh. They don't believe in Christ. They're not the people. You are the people. We are the people. We're going to go on to uh, Deuteronomy 33 and 20. Because we want to know, you know, what does this symbolize to the natives? And you're going to have a clear understanding on why uh, everybody's not going to stand for that flag, right? Because that flag don't mean freedom to everybody. And I don't understand why people act like they don't, they can't get that. Do you think that the North American Indians like that flag? (laughs) What do you think that flag means to them? Slaughter, murder, smallpox. Right? What do you think that flag means to Afghanistan <laughs> or Cuba or the Japan? See, it don't mean what it, you know, what all patriotism white men wanted to believe, uh, wanted to be. Everybody don't feel that way about that flag. That's why you're getting mixed reactions on it. You know, and I, I think after this lesson, we should understand. This is part of the reason why we should understand that. Everybody not going to feel the same way about that flag. To me, that's clearly idolatry to me. I'm not going to lie. That's idolatry that you got to stand at attention, hand over your heart. You, no, nah, no. Nah. That's idolatry to me. And, you know, only thing we follow and pledge allegiance to is the Bible and our families. That's it. Not a place that have enslaved people, have stolen lands, continue to war against people, continue to poison their people, make GMOs legal. We're not standing for that. We're not going to stand for that. And I'm not advocating that you don't stand. I'm just saying, we, you know, we don't represent the flag. The flag doesn't represent us. That's all we're trying to say. That's it. You know, and it's about time that we start thinking about how others feel. That's one thing I had to learn was that compassion, you know, that empathy of how does that make somebody else feel? Once you get there, that's where the most high wants you to be at. Then maybe people will start even coming to you and trusting your word. Because they know you have empathy for those, you know, others. You know, we should be endowed in anything just because something 
don't affect you. You know, a lot of times we're dismissive with it. But things that don't even affect you, you should be, you know, you should be sensitive of. You should be sensitive of. Um, we're going to read uh, Deuteronomy 33 and 20. Deuteronomy 33 verse 20. And of Gad he said, Blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. He dwelleth as a lion and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. Right. So whoever blessed Gad, going to be blessed. And this is why we're bringing this up. So even Edomites, if you can bless or try to help or even apologize to a Gadite, you'll be blessed. Read it again, brother. Verse 20. And of Gad, he said, blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. He dwelleth as a lion and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. It says he dwelleth as a lion because in this land they were the king. They were the lawgivers in this land. Judah wasn't here. So while they were here, they were in charge and they made the laws. And it says, uh, it says, and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. That was um, when they took a sharp feather from their crown that they used to wear and they would cut their hand or their arm for a peace pact. This is the North American. This is the natives. Read that again, brother. Verse 20. And of Gad, he said, blessed be he that enlargeth Gad. He dwelleth as a lion and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. Right. So we just wanted, this is further proof that these are the people from the Bible. And that the people who did this knew who they were. Because if a, if an uneducated Negro like myself knows, trust me, the people that's putting the Oxford books together and the historians, they know. They know. They just don't care. And they're going to keep that secret from you. You think they're telling the, the North American Indians they're the people? No. Are, they te- are they teaching that in school? No. <laughs> they never taught me that in the history books. Ever. See? So we're going to go to uh, Numbers 15 and 37 to give you another um, another hint on who these people could be. Numbers 15, 37. <clears throat> Let's actually go start at 38. Numbers 15, verse 38. Speak unto the children of Israel... And bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations. And that they put upon the fringes of the borders a ribbon of blue. Read that again. Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations. And that they put upon the fringes of the borders a ribbon of blue. So when you see the the natives, they're wearing fringes. They always have wear fringes. Fringes. This is fringe. And you'll see a lot of these Hebrews in here wearing fringes. This is a fringe. This is a border of blue right here. So when you see this, you know automatically Israelite. Jewish people don't wear this. <laughs> They're not the people. When you see this, when you're dealing with the Hawaiians, the Samoans, they're wearing fringes too. It's just like them late, them long, you know, fringes. We're going to show you a picture. Read it again. Uh, read the next scripture, brother. Verse 39. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye make... The, that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord. Read that again. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord. So and this do was them. so this was a reminder of the law. We were supposed to see the fringe, and that would remind us of the law. That was the point of it. It wasn't just something we were doing. It was a, it was significant. Read that again, brother. <clears throat> Verse thirty nine. And, sh- and it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it. And remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes. 
after which he used to go whoring. Right. Now we're going to show you a picture of the North American Indians wearing that. So you can see. Border of blue. The fringe is at the bottom. Look at that. Look at that border of blue. What a long fringe. <laughs> so they already, they've been wearing fringes. It's just Judah. We just woke up. We like, and you know we're going to do it the best though. You know, because that's what we are. <laughs> but they, they've been doing it though. So when you see those fringes, you know that this person is an Israelite. That's something that you can look look for. Look, look at this. See? So that is a key it's a key sign that they're an Israelite if they're wearing fringes. Now, even if you don't have fringes on, you're still an Israelite because it's your blood. <laughs> but if you want somebody to know that you know you're an Israelite, then you wear your fringes. Like if I see a brother out in the streets and he has fringes on, automatically I know he knows who he is. You know, that's how, you know, we can tell each other apart. Not that it really makes a difference, you know, but I can say one thing. When those Edomites and those people who want to claim you're not the Jews see you with the fringes on, <laughs> it, it really irks them. It really irks them. And I know that lately, these Edomites who work in these stores have, you know, like Hobby Lobby and these stores, they've seen a lot of Negroes coming in there getting fringes. And I'm sure they went and looked it up. Like, why? Why? (laughs) You know, they are. Because I went in, you know, about a week ago and she told me, yeah, there were some other young men. (laughs) Oh, so we got a young. I dropped off. Um, their shirts at one of the places, I don't know, somewhere down that way. And she was like, I was explaining to her how to do it. She goes, oh, okay, okay, I know how to do it. Uh, people have been coming in here and getting the same thing. What's it for? Is it like, a, is it your culture? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. yeah. Praise <laughs> God. Hey, it's out there, y'all. It's out there. We're going to do something here one, uh, one night. We may not do it here. We may do it at one of somebody else's house or here. But we want to try to get a fringe night going on, you know, uh, where we can at least get up everybody of one set of friends, whether it's some sisters on whatever type of garment, the brothers, you know, what type of garments we want. We working on getting some of the uh, tools that's needed, you know, sewing machine, sewing kit, you know, uh, thread and stuff like that. And, you know, the fellas, we could probably just hang out and let the sisters do it, if that works. (laughs) You know, it's a garment department. We're working on a garment department. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going <laughs> We just wanted to show you, you know, uh, um we wanted to just show you a picture or an optic of what the fringe looks like. So let's go back to the scripture so we can read it again before we move on. First, the more power you are in the tribe, really? money you have. Mm-hmm. Not white like, no, but you're more rich. Mm-hmm. Status. So we got, yeah, so we got like mm-hmm. little friends. Right? <laughs> 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 it's fun relearning our culture again. Because right? yeah. it feels like it's right. We just have forgotten it. Mm-hmm. Just to hear your story. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Right. I want to sit in on a couple of those. Right. You know, I'm going to talk to you. 
So we're going to read Numbers 15 and 38 and 39. Numbers 15 verse 38. Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations. And that they put upon the fringes of, of the borders a blue ribbon. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes. After which ye used to go a whoring. All right. And that's crystal clear. So that was, you know, further proof that, um, you know, those people are the Israelites from the Bible. Um, we're going to go to Hosea 7 and 8 because, well, actually, we, we're going to skip that one. We're going to go to Isaiah 1. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 13 through 17, because... You know, some people are going to hear this lesson and they're still going to want to do it. And that's fine. You know, we won't feel any different about you if you celebrate this holiday. You know, we it really doesn't bother us one way or not. But the Most High has something he want to share with you. Read, brother. Isaiah 1 and 13. Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Iniquity. These solemn meetings that are being called on these holidays, these feasts, these Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, these solemn meetings are not of the Most High. It's iniquity. And this is part of being freed through the truth. Therefore, you don't have to... I looked up a while back that America made, I think it said, $50 billion through the holidays on one year. One year. The... They have made up something to make a money. It's pretty much a money grab. It's a money grab. It has nothing to do with the Most High. Somehow they have got everybody to follow it. And that's in the way you know the government is involved is when you turn your TV on, it's on your TV. They're talking about it on the news. See, it's not just something you're doing. It's something that they're perpetuating. When you walk in the store, it's pumpkins and, you know, it's all the harvest stuff that lets you know that the government is actually in on this. They're actually steering this, steering this direction. Um, go ahead, brother. Verse 14. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hated. See, so our appointed feasts, these feasts that we're appointing, the Most High is not dealing with them at all. No matter what you say. Go ahead. <clears throat> they are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yeah. When you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. So the Most High is not going to hear your prayers. Even though you're praying over the turkey with the stuffing and saying, you know, thank God. The Most High is not hearing that. And he's not accepting that at all. Right? Because the mo only thing you can do for the Most High is be obedient. That's the only thing you can do. He don't want your money. <laughs> he don't want none of that. It's the same way everybody in here who have a kid. What is the only thing your kid can do for you? <laughs> Can your kid give you some money or pay your bills? No. You can do what I said. <laughs> that's what your kid can do for you. That's it. And that's what the Most High is saying. Just do what I say. There's nothing else that you can do for me. I don't need you to tell me you love me. Just do what I said. That's it. And people who have children or, you know, nieces and nephews or somebody <laughs> younger than them, then you should be able to understand that quite clear. Uh, go ahead, brother. Verse 16. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evils of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. 
relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. That's good. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to show you that this is what, if you continue to do that and say, you know, I'm going to partake anyway, the Most High going to ignore your prayers. Your prayers are actually going to be sin because you now you know and you just still did it anyway. So that's that's a decision that you made. You know, grace is for when you were sinning and didn't know it. Like I was going to church on Sunday and, you know, I didn't know it was wrong. So I had we had grace at that time. But the second we learned that it was wrong and we continued to do it and not worship on the Sabbath. I'm not saying you can't go on Sunday if you don't want to, but you cannot change Saturday for your Sunday. It just you can't do that. You don't have the authority. Neither do I. The day he blesses the seventh day. Now, do you want to worship the seventh day and then go to church on Sunday? The most high, I don't see him. He didn't say that was wrong. But the main day of worship have to be the Sabbath. It have to be. Go ahead, brother. Uh, we're actually going to move on. We're going to go to uh, Amos 5 and 21. Further proof on how uh, the most high feels about these particular um, days. Amos uh, 5, 21. Amos 5, verse 21. I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Read that again. Oh, one second. Amos 5, verse 21. I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. He hate these feast days. You cannot just say, you know, I'm doing it in the name of Christ. I know it's Thanksgiving. Somebody was murdered, but I know, you know, I know it's not really Christ's birthday, but we want to act like it's Christ's birthday. Like, that's a lie. <laughs> that's not the truth. You can't, you know, you can't turn a lie into the truth. Now, if you want to say, I know it has nothing to do with Christ and I'm still going to celebrate it, that would be even more, you know, that would be more acceptable because at least you said, you know, it's evil and you're going to do it. Not that you're trying to make it a righteous thing. See, that's the big difference. If you want to be real with it and say, I don't care, then do that. But don't act like it's right, because it's not. And we got to pass this on to the younger generations. It's about five or six kids up in here who, you know, who aren't going to celebrate these days anymore. They're going to start the righteous path and they're going to pass it on. And that's who we're doing it for. We're not doing it for us. We're doing it for them. We're doing it for them. Uh, Read that again, brother. Amos 5, verse 21. I hate. I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your, of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. Because it's saying, it's saying those songs, because songs come with these, with these holidays. Like, you know, a lot of those... Um, R&B singers have what? The Christmas CDs. A lot of them come out with the Christmas CDs. So there's actual songs that come with these days also. And the Most High is not dealing with any of that. Any of it. No matter what, how you plead or how you break it down or make it sound good. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. There's plenty of holidays that you could celebrate. You know, if you go to Leviticus 23, there's a long list of holy days that you can celebrate. That would be lawful. And you wouldn't have to spin an arm and a leg. We're gonna to go to um, we're gonna to go to Jeremiah seventeen and nine because we know 
when you bring this information out, your family's going to say, you know, it's not about that. It's about my heart. You know, God knows my heart is good. And, you know, I don't really have anything to do with those, you know, what happened in history. My heart is good and that should be good enough for God. I think, you know, that'll be fine. Jeremiah 17 and 9. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Read that again. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Right. So the heart is deceitful. The only way you know your heart is right is if it's in line with the most high. So a lot of people say, you know, he knows my heart. And he does. Your heart is wicked. Very wicked. It's wicked. So if your heart ain't lining up with what the Bible say, you should examine that. All of us. All of us. Because that's usually where we go when we don't have anything to defend it. Then we just go there. Well, you know what? God know my heart. You know, I really don't mean it like that. You know, but I'm going to celebrate it. But, you know, I really don't care about it like that. But since I got the day off, you know, <laughs> right? That's what that's what goes on. They play because the thing is, most of us have to make it okay in order for us to be able to do it. No, usually we don't just say, you know, it's the wrong thing to do and I'm going to do it, regardless of what it is. A lot of times we have to somehow justify it in our mind for us to do it. And and Satan knows that. So, no, there is no justification other than you want to, you know, follow Satan. You know, don't even attach. Just thank Satan for it. Don't even attach the most high's name to it. Don't say, thank God for this feast. None of that. <laughs> just go ahead and do your thing. Don't attach God to this at all. <laughs> We're going to go to Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah chapter 10, because our people especially are not supposed to be following this. <clears throat> Jeremiah 10 and 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. So learn not the way of the heathen. The heathens are the Gentiles. It calls them heathens because they have no law. And when you have no law, you're heathen, according to the Bible. They sleep with who they want to. The Bible say no bestiality. They'll do that. The Most High say no pork. They'll do that. (laughs) The Most High say no holidays. They'll do that. (laughs) Right? So that's a heathen. Follow not the way of the heathen unless you want to be under the heathen. And see, that's how we got under him, because we followed him. And when you follow another God, the people who follow that God to the highest degree are in charge. See, so you cannot follow the way of the heathen, especially if you're an Israelite. We're going to go to First uh, Corinthians 10 and 20 to solidify that. Um, actually... Excuse me. Uh, Deuteronomy 12. I'm sorry. Deuteronomy 12 and 28 through 32. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 28. Observe and hear all these words which I command thee. That it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee forever. When thou doest that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee. Whither thou goest to possess them and thou succeedest them. And dwelleth in their land. 
take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by the follow, by following them. So we should not be snared by following Gentiles, even if we're in their lands. This isn't our land anymore, it's theirs. But we shouldn't be following them. Read that again, brother. Verse 30. Take heed to thyself that thou be not snared, be snared by following them. After that, they be destroyed from before thee. And that thou in, inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. So we're not going to ask the heirs, Oh, how do, you, how do you worship Allah? Or how do you be a Buddhist? Or tell me about Egyptology. Or I want to learn about um, you know Mormonism. Nah, I don't care about none of that. No, I don't want to hear none of that because it's against the most high. Don't inquire. Don't even ask. Have them ask you. Don't ask them how they worship their God. Who cares? They're devil worshipers. Muhammad was a Satanist. We don't care. Read it again, brother. Deuteronomy 12, verse 30. Take heed to thyself that thou be not be snared by following them. After that, they be destroyed from before thee. And that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God, for every abomination to the, to the Lord which he hated have they done unto their God. So everything the Most High hate, they done. Read that again, brother. <clears throat> for every abomination to the Lord which he hated have they done unto their gods. For even their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fires for their gods. Right, so everything, every worship that they have, including these holidays, they've done to their gods and the Most High hated. You cannot follow these people. A lot of us did not realize that each race of people is following a God. You got Asians who are predominantly dealing with Buddhism or Islam. Um, you know, you got the Arabs, then you got the Africans dealing with all types of uh, voodoo, right? Um, then you got the the Edomites who are dealing with strictly, um, you know, they're dealing with like Zeus and mythology. They're dealing with the corn goddess and they're dealing with all of that side of the realm. Since the Greeks and the Romans, they have always done that. So each each race of people have a certain God that they're following. The God of Israel is the God of gods. So we can't follow their gods. They have to come to our side. We can't go that way. We have the God of all gods. The Most High gave us the Bible. He didn't give it to any race of people. He gave it to us. And that's why we're so downtrodden. Because he gave it to us. And we didn't follow it. He gave them Buddhism and Islam and all of that. He gave us this. And if we don't follow this, we're going to be on the bottom forever. Forever. We're going to go uh, read 32, brother. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 12, verse 32. What thing soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. Right. So when you go into Leviticus 23 and it tell you what holy days, you just celebrate those holy days and don't add anything else to it. Because we don't have the right to do that. Let the Gentiles do that. We don't follow Gentiles. We don't follow the heathen. Let me show you what we do. Acts 13 and 47. This is our job as Israelites. Acts 13 verse 47. Follow not the way of the heathen, the Bible said. <clears throat> Acts 13, verse 47. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles. Read that again. For, for so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. So what does a light do? 
a light leads the way. Right? Shine it down a dark hallway, then you go. See, we're supposed to be leading the way. If you don't show them the way, they're going to continue to be pagans because that's the only way they know. That's how they were raised. So we have to be that beacon of light in order to show the Gentiles. And a lot of the Gentiles that you know, they admire you. They may not tell you and they may not understand you, but they admire people who stand on what they believe, even if they don't agree with it. So, you know, stand tall and you keep your head high and continue to do what you do and don't break a stride. Because you don't know how many people admire you. They may never say it to you, but it's a ton of people that's looking up to y'all. A ton of them. We're gonna go to um, we're gonna go to First uh, Corinthians chapter ten and twenty. We showed you that we should be a light to the Gentiles. We should not be following the Gentiles. First Corinthians chapter ten, verse twenty through twenty-two. First Corinthians 10 and 20. But I say that the things which, which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. Hold on. Read that again. Verse 20. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. Right. So their holidays that they're sacrificing to, it's all to devils. This has have nothing to do with Christ. They're worshiping a God, but it's not the most high. We're going to show you what God that actually is. Read that again, brother. <clears throat> Verse 20. But I say... That the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Right, so you can't play both sides. You cannot be in the middle. You have to choose one side. That's it. Are you serious about God or are you not? Plain and simple. Go ahead, brother. Verse 22. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Right, see? And that's why we went into captivity. That's why we had our land stolen, because we provoked the most out of jealousy. We started giving his worship to other gods and to other days. We stopped celebrating his days altogether and started following heathen Gentile days. The most high is pretty mad about that. Pretty mad about that. We're gonna go, we're gonna move on now. We wanna show read that scripture actually again from the top before we move on to the next source. Verse 20. You okay, sir? First Corinthians. Mm-hmm. You okay? You need a pillow? Okay. First Corinthians 10 and 20. But I say that the things with which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. So we're going to prove to you that these holidays are worshipped to devils. And we're going to show you what devils they actually using this for the thanksgiving is to a devil do you think they're thanking the god of the bible for stealing and killing when the bible says don't steal and kill so who is the thanksgiving who are they giving thanks to to the god that allowed them and gave them the knowledge to be able to take these people down they're not thanking the god of the bible see how could they be thanking the god of the bible when the bible says don't steal and don't kill they're thinking a whole a totally different god and we're going to show you from their own mouth what God they're following, brother? I need, yeah, the, we're gonna go to it. There's a um, there's a published uh, work that um, Bradley Richardson, who's a serious historian, he uh, came out um, he came out with this years ago. Um, the only reason we're using this particular um, particular piece of history is because if I can show you here at the bottom, um, 
it has sources. So you see those. It's, this work is actually sourced. This is how real history books are. And we went and checked the sources to make sure it was true. We didn't just use this. He actually used history books. He used the Bible and he used um, he used secular history, the Bible, and he used encyclopedias to put together this particular information. So, um, what page are you at, brother? And tell us what line so you can. This set it's called Thanksgiving Day Pagan, Bradley Richardson. This is an Edomite. So on page one. Okay. Let's maybe make it a little bit bigger for them to see. All right. Thanksgiving Day, pagan. Before getting into the actual history of Thanksgiving, which may shock and surprise many people, let's look at two arguments for keeping it. I don't keep Thanksgiving Day as a holy day. So this is the excuses that people are going to give you when you when you show them this. Read that again, brother. I don't keep Thanksgiving Day as a holy day. It's a national day of giving thanks for what God has provided. It's not a holy day. Isn't this the response many use for justifying Christmas and Easter? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, tell me the next line. Is that the end of first page? The end of the first page, yeah. It says, uh, what does Oops. it begin with? Right here. Oh, okay. So we're at the bottom. Let's uh, move it up for y'all so y'all can see. We're just going to jump around sporadically. We're not going to go through the entire um, history. All right. It says, most history books would like to convince us that Thanksgiving Day goes back to only Plymouth Rock in the 1600s. Plymouth Rock was not the first Thanksgiving Day, though. This pa- This pagan feast... Honoring the agricultural gods goes back thousands of years in one form or another. Right. And it also says Canada has a Thanksgiving Day, which was actually this past week. To let you know that something is not right. (laughs) See? They know slaves don't ask too many questions. They just go to the party. (laughs) You put a party there, they'll go. See? They know that we ain't that smart. They know. They have programmed us and dumbed us down completely. Go ahead, brother. Thanksgiving Day in the United States and Canada, a day set apart for the giving of the thanks to God for the blessings of the year. Originally, it was a harvest Thanksgiving. See, it's of the harvest. This is a harvest celebration. We just had Feast of Tabernacles. That's a harvest celebration. Go ahead, brother. Originally, it was a harvest Thanksgiving. And while the purpose has become less specific, the festival still takes place late in autumn after the crops have been gathered. Indeed, it is probably an outgrowth of the harvest home celebrations in England. Some celebrations are very ancient origin, being nearly universal among primitive peoples. Which line are you at now? Starting with, it was. It was until. Yeah. All right. At the top. All right. It was not until 1888, however, that the Roman Catholic Church formally recognized the day. So hold on. The people who... Who are in control of the religion? What are they doing? Why are they making this a day? The Romans, the same people that killed Christ, the people who control Catholicism or Christianity. Why are they recognizing this day? Why? Go ahead, brother. Throughout the country, but especially in New England, where the custom originated. Whoa, read that again. Throughout the country, but especially in New England, where the custom originated. Right, so this is not. This is not our culture. This is European. This is Edomite. 
we don't have to follow their culture. We have our own culture. We just wanted to show you where this thing originated and who it, it became, you know, who it was, who it was uh, marketed to, marketed for. Uh, go ahead, brother. It, it goes on to say the date is looked upon with great reverence. Right. Okay. Which uh, I think it's one more in there. One more page, I think. Yeah. All right. Page four, the ancient Semites. I think this is the last one. This is the most important one. The ancient Semites. <clears throat> the ancient Semites called the earth Mother Astra. Astarte? Yes, Astra. The ancient Semites called the earth Mother Astra. The Phrygians called her Semele. The Minoans had an earth mother for each district. All these local deities were absorbed by the Greeks into the, into the one great goddess, Demeter. Right. So the Greeks, who, who made this famous, see, they were all, a lot of um, different cultures are worshiping the harvest gods. And they have different names for them. But the Greeks and the Romans call her Demeter. See, so this is the god that they're thanking for. They're thanking Demeter for destroying the North American Indians and stealing their land. Now, we're going to show you who Demeter is because we went in the book to find her. We had we have her in a book. Let's show you what it says about Demeter, so you can see who you actually. All right, so we'll zoom in on it down, so you can see it, and we'll move it. See that Demeter? That's the same exact name. Mother, go ahead. You can read the greens, bro. Demeter originated from the Greek. And she is the vegetation and mother goddess. Right. Notice how they're always talking about mother earth and the crops, the harvest, vegetation. She's also a corn goddess. Go ahead, brother. Goddess of the grain and one of the underworld. Demeter was a goddess of vegetation and death. See, this is who they're thinking. This is Thanksgiving. They'll never tell you this. And they'll never expect you to go into the history. This is Demeter, the Greek goddess. The Greek, yes. Um, it says, it said, because last year when I was in sixth grade, we learned about, like, Greek gods and stuff. Yes, sir. And it says, um, Demeter was, like, the, like, god of, goddess of grain, and it says the underworld, too, because, because it, we learned about that Demeter married Hades. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And you, you learn this at school, right? You see what they're learning at school? You see? <laughs> I went to his school for, um... A, uh, what was it? A, 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 a open house. And I noticed when I was looking on the board in his history class, it said 300 BCE. And I, it struck me as odd because I'm like, ma'am, are y'all not using BC or it said CE, actually. I said, are y'all, did y'all take after Christ, after death out and before Christ? She said, well, you know, a few years back, um, we did because it's 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 less religious, mm-hmm. and I'm like, now they're even changing history. Mm-hmm. And in that same class, they're teaching about anti-Semitism. I'm like, that's anti-Semitism right there, because Christ was a Jew, and you took his name right off the history. Now it's CE, which is Common Era. I'm like, wow, yep. wow, wow, so disrespectful. <laughs> that is, that is disrespectful, and that's why. You know, once we're able to um, build a society of our own, a community, we're going to have our sisters teaching kids. 
Because this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. They can teach you about Demeter and Hades, but then they can take Christ out? I thought you were trying to be less religious. <laughs> See? We got to be careful. We, we got to keep an eye on what they're watching. Read that again, brother. Read that part again. <clears throat> this is Demeter. Goddess of the grain and one of the underworld. Demeter was a goddess of vegetation and death. All right. We're going to go down to the last part. <clears throat> when the rains come in autumn, the youthful aspect of Demeter returns. The Demeter cult was practiced in many places, often with a high degree of secrecy and with initia- initiation rituals. Right. So these are rituals. These holidays are actually rituals. When you get the turkey and you stuff it, that's how they stuff the heads of the Indians to use football. That's where it came from. The cranberry sauce is the blood. See, so it's all significant. Everything they did, they did strategically. They didn't just choose this meal. They used this particular thing. And you, a lot of men will probably know, a lot of times on, um, on Thanksgiving, they show the Cowboys and the Redskins on football team, which is the Indians. And, so, and they did that every year until maybe a few years ago. They got some pushback. And people were like, hold on. You just going to celebrate the slaughter of these people? Then they started changing it up and putting other teams in there. But this is their rituals. And this is how they throw it right in our face. See? And they think that, you know, we're too sleep to understand. But we're awakened now. The awakening has happened. And we're never going to fall for this garbage again. We're never going to fall for this garbage. Especially when you had five holy days in this last month. You had plenty of time to eat. <laughs> you had plenty of food. You know, plenty of time to spend with your family. You don't have to wait on that day. You don't have to wait on the day that they set aside for you. That was a pagan day. Because these days take child sacrifice. A lot of people are sacrificing children on these days, drinking their blood. There's orgies going on on these days. This is what these polit- these elite people are doing. Not just politicians. A lot of the celebrities, too. This is what's going on while you're having family time. They're doing this. Go ahead, brother. Um, we're going to go back now. We're just going to leave that. We just wanted to show you that these are two Edomites that wrote these two sources. The book and the... Um, and the uh, the other piece of history that we had. So this isn't a color thing. I just want to put that out there. We're just going into the truth. These are right out of an Edomite's mouth of what they know that it is. And of course they don't tell slaves that. They don't tell minorities that because they need your ignorance. It's the only way you'll do it. Now we're going to go, we're going to jump back and go to First Timothy's because there's a scripture that all Christians use. Any church that's going to be open on Thanksgiving is going to use this scripture. We're going to go to it. First Timothy's four. First Timothy's four and four. <clears throat> First Timothy's four, verse four. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it if if it be received with thanksgiving. Well, excuse me, read verse 3. 1 Timothy 4 and 3. Verse 3. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. See, they'll use just this word. This is what Christians do. They just find a word that doesn't mean anything about anything. As long as it says it, they're all going to use this particular scripture. Uh, read 1 Timothy 4, 2 through 4, brother. 1 Timothy 4. Verse 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with hot iron, 
forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Right. So he created things to be going with Thanksgiving. That must be the holiday Thanksgiving. <laughs> See, every Christian church that's open is going to read this exact scripture and try to make you believe this is saying that Thanksgiving is in the Bible. That's not what this is saying. Thanksgiving is giving thanks. Right. It's not a day. <laughs> but see, they know that they just need to show you a word. That's all I got to show you. And you're going to, you're just going to go with it. Like, oh, yeah. Every church that's open on that Thursday will be reading this scripture. I can guarantee you. Read, brother. Verse four. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. See, so they'll use this and say they can eat anything. When this is not what it's saying, you will have to go into Leviticus and see the foods that he created for Thanksgiving. Because this says every creature, if if you are going to take that to mean you can eat anything, can you eat people? Because people are creation. Product of creation is a creature. So can you eat people now? Of course not. So everything is not to be eaten. You would have to go into Leviticus and see the foods that he made to be eaten with Thanksgiving. But they'll use this to say they can eat ham on Thanksgiving. We're not going to allow them. We're going to pull this from underneath their feet from now on. And even if you can't get anybody else to see the truth, as long as you see the truth, that's all that matters because it's not for anybody else. It's for you. So you can understand, you know, okay, I don't want to do that because that's a sin. And I may get smacked on the hand for that, especially in this last part of the year when everything goes wrong for us. It's because this is the time where it's all the holidays. This is when we're the most frustrated. Usually this is when we're the most frustrated and the most emotional. So now he's going to show us how to have a better end of this year. How to end it off differently. Have money in your pocket. Be happy. Steer away from this. The things that you have done all your life. In your life have gotten no better. Steer from that and see how it goes this year. Just try it. All right. We're going to go to. Um, we're going to go to. Second Edris 16 and 68. We only have a few more scriptures. But we want to get this out because. I think that um, I think that we all need to be hell bent on finding a resolution. That's what I believe. All of us, even though we're not all natives, we all need to be hell bent on doing something about this. Because, you know, I want to lament that these are God's people, and we cannot celebrate, you know, a deluge. You know, it's only one tribe, but still, you know, one tribe is as important as the as the next. No tribe is more important than each other. You know, each tribe means something to the most high and they had a different significance and they are important. Gag. We're going to go to second Ezra 16 and 68. Second Ezra 16 verse 68 for behold. The burning wrath of a great multitude is kindled over you, and they shall take away certain of you, and feed you being idle with things offered unto idols. See, so they would set up these holidays and feed you stuff that was made for idols. You wouldn't even know you're worshiping Demeter on this day. You don't have to know because the whole deal is everybody is doing the same thing. So your spirit goes into that worship, even if you don't know. Because you're eating the same food, you're watching the same games at the same time. So your spirit is involved with that. So I can't be involved in it at all. And a lot of times, on these days, I don't even eat. I just fast till the sun go down. A lot of times, that's all I do. 
I don't even eat because I don't want to eat and make it seem like it's a Thanksgiving dinner. You know what I mean? I like I need to eat dinner, but I'm gonna just wait for the sun to go down for it's a totally different day. Even with Christmas, don't even eat until the sun go down because I don't want it to be like it's a Christmas feast or something. It's not. It's just noodles or whatever. You know. Um, read, brother. Verse sixty nine, and they that consent unto them shall be had in derision and in reproach. And trodden underfoot. Right. So if you eat these foods or you partake in these days, you're going to be destroyed. Because you, especially if you're Israel, you're going to be destroyed. And this is why we've had such a hard time. I remember last year there was a brother who I knew for two years. And I had been telling him, you know, you know, about the Christmas thing. And, um, you know, he told me, um, you know, my wife says she's going to do the Christmas thing anyway. I was like, well, that's fine, brother. You know, as long as you know what's going on. The day before Christmas, their car gets stolen with all the gifts in it. And I tr- I didn't want to say to him, you know, brother, you knew what you was doing. And you said because your wife wanted to do it and you was just having a baby. You wanted her to have a first Christmas. That's what happened to you, bro. But you knew what was right. And that's all I said to him. I'm not going to blame his wife because I don't want it to seem like that. But you know what you need to do, brother. And you know what decisions you need to make for your family. We cannot continue in these ways. This is why we are downtrodden. This is why we destroyed. This is why we're on the bottom. This is why. It's not just because he don't like us. See, we black people used to just think God must not like us. He let all this happen to us. We didn't understand. But now we understand we've been wrong the whole time. We've been wrong the entire time. We're going to move on to Revelations 2 and 20 to show you. Revelations 2 and 20. Because Satan usually focuses on the woman in order to get her to carry on these traditions. He usually focuses on the woman to carry on these traditions. Uh, read. Revelations 2 verse 20. Not with, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. See, read that again, brother. Verse 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which called, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto so idols. it's usually the woman that's trying to get you to celebrate these holidays. You know, men, especially if you're a single man... You're probably not celebrating any of these holidays. You're just at home eating TV dinner, probably. (laughs) It's the sisters that, you know, they want to cook. They, you know, they're women. They want to do this. You know, they want to set the house up nice. So they're the ones who are actually trying to pull you into these holidays a lot of the times. And that's why it's important that we get the sisters in the right path. Because if they can pull their man to the right thing, like we got um, a sister, Chanel, who is trying to pull her husband into the right things. So if we can get our sisters doing the right things, then they'll lead not only their husband, but the children, which is which is who's important. It's the children who's truly important. Um, we're gonna read that next scripture, brother. Verse twenty one. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Right. So that spirit of Jezebel is a spirit who um, is who wants to take control, who wants to be in charge, who can't be taught, who won't let a man lead her. That's the spirit of Jezebel. And she will try to manipulate you into doing what you know is wrong for the sake of whatever. 
the sake is. I, I don't know. That's the spirit of Jezebel. We all know some people with the spirit of Jezebel, some sisters. Sisters, I know y'all know some sisters. Mm-hmm. You can't tell nothing to. Nothing. Mm-hmm. They're going to do what they want to do. they snappy. Attitude is nasty. That's Jezebel. We're going to go to... um. We're going to go to Colossians 2.16 because this is usually the scripture that a Christian will pull out to defend himself. Colossians 2 and 16. Colossians 2 verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holiday or of the new moon. Or of the Sabbath days. Read that again. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink. Or in respect of an holy day. Or of the new moon. Or of the Sabbath days. Right. So they're saying you can't judge me about a holy day or holiday. When this is actually talking about holy days in Leviticus 23. This is not even talking about holidays. So when it says judge. We want to show you what judgment was for breaking a holy day. Because me just telling you that the day is pagan. That's not judging you brother. That's not judging you, sister. That's correcting you. So they, when you bring this to them, they'll say, you're judging me. Don't be judging me. You can't judge me. So let's show you what the judgment was. Numbers 15 and 37. Because this is what judgment was for breaking the Holy Day. We're actually going to start at 32. Numbers 15 verse 32. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathered sticks, and they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. Right, so we know you're not supposed to be working on the Sabbath. This brother was gathering sticks on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a holy day. Read. <clears throat> Verse 34. And they put him in a and they put him in war. Because it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without camp. Read that again. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. So, brother, the judgment is death. I ain't seen nobody killing you for celebrating Christmas, brother. So don't say that again. Because that's not the truth. And I don't see nobody killing you for eating pork. Just because we tell you that you're wrong, that's not judgment. This is what judgment is. Read it again, brother. Verse 35. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones. And he died as the Lord commanded Moses. Right, see? This is why they don't want you reading the Old Testament. <laughs> They're like, don't go back there. That, that guy right there, he angry. He don't like him. See? That's how serious it was. So, you know, you getting away with everything right now. You can go spend something and you nobody will know. Or even if somebody do know, they can't do anything to you. This is how starch our people were. And this is how starch we need to be. Not that we're going to take somebody's life, but that that's how serious this is to our people. If I see a law like that, then I know whoever's following that law is a serious person. They ain't playing no games. Because if you if you disrespect their culture, you die. That's somebody you got to respect. You got to respect that. Let's move on to Habakkuk 2 and 12. 
We got three more scriptures. We're going to close it out here. Habakkuk 2 verse 12. Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood and establisheth a city by iniquity. Read that again. Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood and establish a city with iniquity. Right. So you can't build a town. You can't build a country on blood like they did this. They stole the land, raped the people. Right. You can't build a town. You can't build a country on that. You can't build a holiday on that. How can you do that? That's wrong. Read it again, brother. Habakkuk 2 and 12. Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood. And establish a city by iniquity. Right, so we're not going to celebrate your, your commemoration of the slaughter of our people. We're going to go to Isaiah 5 and 20. Because they call this day good. They, they think this is a good thing. In this society, they think holidays are good. And the Most High, he have a PSA for that. Isaiah 5, verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Read that again. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Right. So those who are calling evil good, you're cursed. You're cursed. And that's what's going on in this world. When you try to do the right thing, they're calling it a cult. When you're doing the wrong thing, it's okay. How, how great is that darkness if you're calling darkness light? How great is that darkness Read it again, brother. Verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Right. Now, we're going to show you. We're going to go to Obadiah 1. Because there's some Edomites out there who are saying, you know, that was my forefathers. I have nothing to do with that. I'm going to celebrate the day. And the Most High, you know, he have have a particular way that he wants us all to act, including Edomites. And Edomites can do something about this. Edomites can do something about this to change. We're going to read 1 through 4, then we're going to read 6, 8, and 10. Obadiah 1, verse 1. The vision of Obadiah. Thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a rumor from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen. Arise ye, and let us rise up against her in battle. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. See, so why they keep calling everybody else minorities when they're actually the minority? Read it again, brother. Verse 2. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. Right, so the Edomites or the Caucasians are actually the smallest race of people. That's why they keep calling you minorities. Because they think if they do that, you'll never find out how small they truly are. See? They're the smallest out of all Gentiles. Read, brother. Verse 3. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwelleth in the cleft of the rocks, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? It says that habitation is high because they came from the mountains. See? So now that you're down here, you didn't got a big chest. You didn't puffed up. Right? Read. Verse 4. Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars... This will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. Right. Now read 6, 8, and 10. Verse 6. How are the things of Esau searched out? How are his hidden things sought up? Verse 8. Shall I not in that day, saith the Lord, even destroy the wise men out of Edom and understanding out of the mount of Esau? So there's coming a judgment for Esau. So Esau would want to put these particular days down and change himself. Especially Esau, because Esau is the one who destroyed the people and stole their land. 
So they really want to turn away from this more so than anybody else, because if they don't, they're going to pay for the sins of their forefathers the same way we did. Read verse 10 for thy violence against thy brother Jacob. Shame shall come over thee. Verse 10 for thy violence against thy brother Jacob. Shame shall cover thee. And thou shalt be cut off forever. Right. So against their for their violence against us, against the Jews, against the Gadites, against the Nath, uh, the Ephraimites, against the Vietnamese and the the Puerto Ricans and the Philippines and the Cubans. This is why they're going to be destroyed if they don't change. Now they may be asking, "What can I do about it?" So we're going to give them the answer. What can they do? Ezekiel thirty three and fifteen. Because people tell me, you know, I've heard people say. Um, you know, that was my forefathers. I can't do nothing about that. But I'm here to tell you, if your forefather steals some land from me and then give it to his child and then my grandparents, his children, like I come looking for the land and you have it, then it's obvious that the child has stolen goods. So you can make that right, though, even though it wasn't you who who had, you know. It wasn't you who perpetuated the atrocity. You still can make it right if you have what's. What belongs to somebody. Read uh, 33 and 15. This is the way you make it right. Ezekiel 33 verse 15. If the wicked restore the pledge. Give again that he had. That he had robbed. Walk in the statutes of life. Without committing iniquity. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Read that again. If the wicked restore the pledge. Give again that he had robbed. Walk in the statutes of life. Without committing iniquity. He shall surely live. He shall not die. So restore the pledge. Give back what you have stolen. Even if you can't give back the land, go give something to them people. An apology is somewhere you can start. See? So you can make this right. And then you walk in the statues of God. The last scripture we have is Isaiah 59 and 12. Isaiah 59 and 12. And we're going to wrap it up. <clears throat> Isaiah 59 verse 12 For our transgressions are multiplied before thee and our sins testify against us for our transgressions are with us and as for our iniquities we know them Read that again Verse 12 For our transgressions are multiplied before thee and our sins testify against us for our transgressions are with us and as for our iniquities we know them in transgressing and in transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt. So when we sin against God, we have to depart. We must depart from him. He separates ourselves. He separates himself from us when we sin. Read that again. Verse 13. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt. Conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. Right. So transgressing and lying is departing away from our God. That's how we got destroyed. They came and took us down after we started worshiping their gods because we were separated. Once we started eating those foods and worshiping on those days, that separated us from our God. And they knew that. Then they came and got us because we had no protection. We had no protection at all. We got one last scripture, Matthew 7 and 22. Matthew seven twenty two because many people many people will be shocked when Christ come because they you know a lot of people are gonna do the wrong thing and think they still won't get it. Read Matthew seven verse twenty two. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, 
in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Right, so it's going to be a lot of people in that day saying, Lord, Lord. And a lot of them are going to be pastors. Lord, I, I, I did what you said. I, You know, I told people what to do, and but the whole time you wasn't following the law. You said, okay, I know what the holidays is about. I'm still going to do it, though. You're going to be one of those people calling, Lord, Lord. And he's going to say, you don't know me. Because if you knew me, you would have followed me. Read that again. <clears throat> Verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. All right. So, you know, we wanted to just point out that sin separates us. And, you know, from here on out, ignorance is no longer going to be an excuse. You know, we need to we have to have a collective condemnation. We all should come together and say, that's wrong. We're not going to do that collectively. Collectively, we need to do that. You know, um, today, all we, we what we did was we just highlighted some of the histrionics on the degradation, um, the demoralization of that particular holiday and how they normalize demoralization. They normalize that. It's, it's a holiday now. So, you know, we want to say all praises be to the Most High. Um, we want to thank Him for bringing us together on another Sabbath and able for us to go into this history, even though it's not Thanksgiving now. Once we start to see these things on TV and hear about it, hear about it with our friends and family, co-workers, we'll have the true history. We'll have the true history, and I hope that helps keep you strong when that day comes by. I had a brother ask me this week, what if somebody give you a gift on Christmas or something, or they invite you over? And I told him, well, it depends on in which manner they do it, because somebody may just give you a gift because they don't know you're celebrating it, or they may be trying to break your will. I'm going to give you that gift. Let me see what you're going to do. You're going to leave your God for that gift? Got you a gift, right? See? So you got to you gotta be, you gotta use your wisdom. Because somebody may just be trying to break your will. Because, yeah, you said you ain't celebrate that day. But when I got you that gift, you was using that, though. See? So don't let the devil trick you. Because all the work that you've done up until this point, if you make the wrong move while you have others who are watching you, that may be a snare. And you may... Cut off your chance to teach them from here on out because you said you wasn't celebrating it, but then you accepting gifts. You know, so you know. Let's keep our, you know, keep our focus on, use our wisdom, and um, that's it. That's all we have today.